Hey there, and welcome to episode number 086 of the Food as Medicine show with Dr. Ann, the place to be for real talk with real people and real results so you can heal yourself naturally. I'm your host, Dr. Ann, and I'm a board-certified pharmacist and functional medicine practitioner. I help people find and fix the root cause of chronic conditions, and I specialize in gut infections and travel health. So if you need help with your nutrition, food sensitivities, and healing your gut, you can book an appointment with me at dranncom slash work. And Ann is spelled A-N-H as in healthy. I hope you had a great weekend. Now, this weekend was quite a historic one for the Vietnamese people because the U23 men's soccer team played Uzbekistan in the AFC finals. And this was important because it was the first time the country has done so well and in any, you know, national, international soccer tournament and really united the entire country as well as expats and foreigners who are living and traveling in Vietnam. And the atmosphere was insane. It was totally electric. The national pride was palpable. You know, people were everywhere in the streets. It was just a sea of red and people were, you know, wearing the red and yellow or you know, uh, flag colors and waving the Vietnamese flag and the celebrations were just insane. And, you know, the men played really well and they played in the snow, which, you know, you could probably understand being a tropical country. Most of the players have never even experienced snow before. And, you know, while the team played really well, even up to the very last minute, um, we lost two to one because uh, in the last minute, the Uzbekistan team scored, you know, the, the final goal. And despite the loss, I was also just so impressed to see that people all around the city were celebrating and united in celebration over just the national pride of having the team go so far and do so well and play so well to the very end. And I met with one of my girlfriends and we talked about, she used to live in Spain, how soccer players or soccer fans can get really wild and crazy and aggressive. And she she was impressed, you know, after living in Spain and other um, South American countries to see see uh, a nation who was so fanatical about their team but was at the same time held them to such a held themselves to such a higher standard of um of cheering for both sides and and not being aggressive and um and just loving the sport and and being good sportsmen uh, and and good fans um so it was just really nice to see the respect for other teams and other the other teams fans as well So it was just quite a weekend and it was amazing. Um, In other news, I'm also happy to report that I'm down four kilograms or about nine pounds since I weighed myself on December 11th. And, you know, I've been eating mostly vegan with about one meat meal a week. And this decision has just been a result of several factors, including, you know, my journey with um, having a consistent meditation practice. And also I have found it really difficult to find high quality grass fed and free range meat that I trust here in Vietnam. And while while I can find, you know, imported grass-fed meat from Australia, the quality sometimes looks quite questionable because it looks like the meat has been sitting in their package for, for weeks or maybe even months. Um, so that's one of the main reasons I've decided to go, 
vegan and mostly vegan. Um, and I'm still trying to find what works best for my body. But I found that, you know, people have different seasons in their life and where, you know, different styles of eating will work for different people at different times in their life. And that's why I also believe that there's no one size fits all plan for all people. And I, and it's even where there's not a one size fits all plan for one person. You know, when I was bodybuilding, I was eating very differently. Um, and I'm still working towards getting back into bodybuilding and I'm eating very differently now. And, um, both eating plans are working for me. And so, you know, I think everyone needs to find what works best for them and what supports their desired energy goals, their desired health and also performance goals. And regardless of what your dietary choices are, uh, if you've been making lifestyle choices as and lifestyle changes as a result of listening to the show, I highly recommend that you look into Health IQ because, you know, they're a life insurance company with a 9.6 out of 10 rating on Trustpilot. And um, if you're a member of a qualifying gym or association, if you um, are a runner, a yogi, a marathoner, um, then you can qualify for up to 33% in savings. And, you know, they, Health IQ is an insurance company that uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people. And just like saving money in your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health conscious lifestyle. And Health IQ can save people up to 33% because studies show that active people have a lower risk of heart disease, cancer, and diabetes compared to people who are inactive. And I believe it's never too early to start thinking about life insurance, especially if you have people who depend on you for income, such as your spouse, your kids, your parents, or even your siblings. And you can see if you can qualify for a lower rate and get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash food, or mention the promo code food, F-O-O-D, when you talk to a Health IQ agent. Again, it's healthiq.com slash food. Now, before we get to the episode, I want to let you know that the opinions expressed on this show may not represent my opinions, and those shows for general information only, not a substitute for medical care. So prior to beginning any new health program, I recommend that you consult with a qualified health professional. So in today's episode, I chat with Dr. Erica Gray, who is first and foremost a wife and mother, and she's also a pharmacist and a woman who struggled with endometriosis since she was 16 years old, and she ended it with alternative treatments that included dietary changes, progesterone, and supplements. And after healing herself, she was inspired to help others who suffer from the same incapacitating condition, which led her to become a pharmacist, a functional medicine pharmacist. And in her journey, she also became aware of the importance of genomics and their impact on health, which is why she co-founded the Toolbox Genomics Company, which helps people interpret genomic information into actionable lifestyle changes. So in today's show with Erica, we talk about what percentage of our genes is influenceable by our dietary and lifestyle choices, the supplements she used to heal herself from endometriosis, what you can take to help mitigate the effects of going out for a drink with friends and other ways you can protect yourself if you take a day to indulge, her best tips for how to free yourself from Facebook, intermittent fasting and how to do it safely, especially if you're just coming off of a standard American diet, and a day in the life of Erica, what it looks like in terms of food. All right, let's go chat with Erica. 
Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Food as Medicine Show with Dr. Ann, the place to be for real talk with real people and real results so you can heal yourself naturally. And today I have a very special guest. And I know I know I say that for every show, but <laughs> but she's really special. She's uh, one of my good friends, Dr. Erica Gray, and she's also a pharmacist and she um you know, is involved with this company. It's a genomics company that helps you interpret your genes. And I think it's such a topical, um, you know, subject nowadays. Everyone is interested in how do your genes impact your health and your life. And, you know, she's kind of on the cutting edge of it. And, you know, her company helps you make sense of what your genes say. Um, So I'm really, you know, excited for her to be here, for her to share her healing story and tell us about, you know, how can we um, use our gene genomic information to influence the decisions in our lives. So welcome, Dr. Gray, to the show. Thank you so much, and so exciting to be here, finally. We've talked Yay! about this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm so glad we can meet up. So, um, you know, I, I know you kind of fell into this as part of your healing journey from endometriosis. So maybe you could share, you know, your path. Like, you know, how did you heal yourself? And then how you kind of landed into in doing, and, you know, your, your work now with the genomics company. Sure. So I was diagnosed with endometriosis at the age of 16 and it, it started innocently enough. It was, you know, was the, um, this pain on my side. And then I ended up with a couple ruptured ovarian cysts and, and, and the pain just kept going. And I remember being really exhausted and, um, have to take a lot of time off of work. And then finally they said, you know, we need to take a look at what's going on and that's when I was diagnosed with the endometriosis. And um, in trying to figure out what my path was going to look like, my mom consulted a lot of physicians and they said, well, it's usually a lot of different medications, a lot of pain medications. And then for a lot of women, they end up with a hysterectomy, which is the removal of your uterus, possibly even your ovaries, depending. Mm. And my mother said, you know, for a 16-year-old, that just seems like a horrific yeah. uh, path. <laughs> <Yes>. So <laughs> we need to do something else. Mm. And so she took me to our um, chiropractor and nutritionist. And he said, oh, yeah, this is, we can definitely get this under control. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to change your diet. And I remember he drew this graph for me. And it was about 70% vegetables and 20% protein and and fat. And I, and he goes, and notice there's no sugar in here. Mm. And I said, Oh, okay. I said, okay, well, you know, I, that's, that's doable. And then I said, so the pasta, where's that fit in? He <laughs> said, uh, it doesn't. <laughs> my bread, mm, gone. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're taking all these things away. And I remember getting in the car with my mother and saying, what do I eat? And mm. so when people say that to me now, and I'm sure you hear it too, mm-hmm. well, what can I eat? Uh, and just this absolute despair. It, I, I really do empathize because I was there. I, I get it. Um, but it really ended up being this combination of changing my diet, having really a lot of anti-inflammatory foods, um, removing gluten, dairy, sugar, kind of all of those classic inflammatory foods, some really good supplements to help me heal gut repair and then natural progesterone. Mm. And I think that the question was always, well, how did I end up with this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there something familial? Cause that's always what a lot of people ask. And especially as pharmacists, we're always told, you know, we'll get the family history to get some more information. And 
um, I think family history is, was our way of trying to determine what's going on with people before we had genomics. And now that we have genomics, we can actually really see what goes on in the family history. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is it that sets the stage for us? And so I think it's really important for people to realize that we're born with certain genes. And it's just like when you set your stage for a play, you set it up a certain way, right? The trees go here and the the lake is over here and the curtains are here. But how the actors interact with it is very different and it's unique and it's different from night to night sometimes or person to person. And, and that's really what we are. We are the actors in our, on our genomic stage. And so it's really interesting for me as I got older and got into genomics and just to start looking at, you know, well, were there some things that predisposed me for endometriosis? And then what about my daughter? Cause I don't want her to go through the same thing I did as well. And so really starting to take a look at that. And it's just been a a really interesting uh, journey to go on. Yeah. So as far as, um, you know, I think people always wonder, am I doomed, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, my genes say this is what's going to happen to me. Is this ultimately, you know, or can I influence them in some way? Right. Yeah. That's, that's such a classic. They get the report, they go, well, great. <laughs> I can't do anything. Now. But I think people forget how um, versatile humans mm. are and just how incredible we, we are because we have a lot of backdoor pathways. Um, I'll talk about that in a second, but no. So here's the thing you have to remember is that your genes do not change. So what you got from mom, what you got from dad, that never changes, but the expression of it. So what you, what we see, what we can measure in lab work, what we can measure in urine, saliva, all of those, those change. Mm. So the literature suggests it's about 30% of your genes that are going to play a role in the development of conditions. The Mm. other 70%, that's a huge number, 70% versus 30 is how your environment interacts with your genes. And so what essentially happens is that what you do, it's going to put pressure on different genes to behave in different ways. And when we talk about genes behaving or things like that, it's really the, the coding, the, um, the messages that are being sent out to the body, you know, make more of this, make less of that. And so what ends up happening is that sometimes we inherit certain genes, which make a certain enzyme work slower or faster. Mm. So let's take the classic one that everyone loves to talk about, MTHFR. It's affectionately known and, you know, as the mother, you know what gene, um, because folate plays such a big role Mm. in the body. And so a lot of people love to use that gene as I'm doomed. And they even have t-shirts, you know, forgive me, I'm a mutant or, you know, I I have the the mutation. I mean, they've had a lot of fun with it, but because folate goes into so many different pathways that, and all of these different pathways um, can be associated with not having enough sleep or depression or anxiety or miscarriage, um, cardiovascular disease, people feel very doomed and sometimes paralyzed. Mm. But what we don't realize is our body's so clever that we actually have this whole backdoor pathway with bacteria. So we actually have bacteria in our gut that make folate. So it's almost as if mother nature knew that, Hey, we've got these genes. Sometimes they don't make enough of this certain vitamin that we need, but that's okay because we're just going to make sure we've got this other, um, 
system that's going to supply us if we need it. And so mm-hmm. that's what I think is so neat. And again, it's empowering you knowing that, okay, yes, I know these genes, but the other 70% I control, I get mm-hmm. to, you know, how much I sleep, how much I eat, what I eat, when I eat, that's all going to really play in. And that is to me, super exciting. Yeah. That's the the majority, 70% of your genes and, and how they're expressed is influenced by your lifestyle choices every day. Right. And right. that's, yeah, that should be empowering. Like that's, I mean, like instead of focusing on the 30%, it's the 70% that we can yeah. influence. That's very exciting. So, um, so that's, you know, a great way to tell people why, you know, genes are important, right? Um, it is. It's that blueprint to you. And, you know, it's like before, before we go on a trip, you know, sometimes we'll, t- we'll quickly jump on Google Maps and just take a look. But we don't know if the light's going to be red. We don't know if there's going to be um, a, a storm when we get there. And it's the same thing. I mean, like our genes say, okay, well, this is what you have. But, you know, maybe you're going to need more glutathione. You're going to need more vitamin C. Mm-hmm. But we don't necessarily know that till we actually get to that point. Yeah. So, I mean, knowing what you know now, would you have made any changes in your healing journey based on your genomics? Ooh, oh, that's such a great question. I think I would have um, been more diligent. I think I would have um, really probably before I went down my really um, carb <laughs> centric path um, as a teenager, I would have I hope I would have, you know, I can't speak for my 16 year old teenage brain, but just really have said, you know, hold on a second. Does this make sense with my genomics? And it's something I do with my daughter because Mm -hmm. for example, um, she has painful periods. And so her B, she has one of the B6 genes. And so I know B6 plays a big role in how you break down estrogen. And so that's one of the things I'll remind her is that, you know, you just need a little extra help. So it's really important that you stay on top of your B6 Mm. and just that nice, gentle reminder. And I think that would have been helpful for me. I mean, I use it to this day now, you know, which is, um, you know, make sure you stay on top of your B12 because you need a little bit more of it. Sorry, this, I've got the sun coming. As, yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. There we there go. There we go. I was just going to tell you once you finish your sentence. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> um, so I think I, I, I hope I would have been um, probably more receptive to, to the changes that I needed to make because initially I felt really deprived. I felt like a lot of my favorite foods were being taken away. Mm -hmm. And I think when you put it in the context of, for me personally, for me to nourish my genes, those food choices were not the ones I should be making. Mm -hmm. I could have had a little bit more empathy for myself and said, okay, had the pity party, let's move on. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's possible that my healing journey could have been faster. Mm. Yeah. How long did it take you? Um, from diagnosis to feel, feeling like you're fully healed from that? And you, um, ooh, so I would say it was a good two years, but then I ended up um, lowering my estrogen levels so much mm-hmm. because I took so much progesterone yep. that I couldn't get my estrogen levels up on their own. Mm-hmm. And so then it, I ended up doing hormone replacement therapy mm-hmm. um, with bioidentical hormones for another three years because I was just so scared to stop the progesterone thinking that it's going to come back at any point. And so then I did and nothing happened thankfully, but then I had to make some other changes as well. So it was, it was a good five-year journey. Mm. 
So um, maybe we could dive a little bit deeper into your healing journey. I know, um, I think there were a couple of listeners who had asked about, you know, what do they do if, you know, they have endometriosis or their hormones aren't completely balanced? What would you suggest or what have you done? So there's a couple different things that have been really well um, studied. So NAC, N-acetylcysteine, mm-hmm. um, which is a supplement. It's it's a sulfur-containing supplement, and it's the what we would call precursor. It's the, the thing that comes before glutathione, and it's mm-hmm. your body's master antioxidant. And it takes things that are in fat, and it actually turns them into substances that you can pee out, makes them water-soluble. So we go from lipophilic to hydrophilic, as mm-hmm. we call it. And that is really helpful for the liver because a lot of times what the endometriosis starts, it's an inflammatory condition because there's itis in it. And essentially what it is, is that you've got the estrogen and progesterone imbalance. So they should be moving in these nice rhythmic flows. And what ends up happening, usually the estrogen's too high and the progesterone's too low. And then there's something that's fueling it. So it could be um, high levels of insulin. It could be high levels of glucose. So we really want to support the liver because that's where a lot of this estrogen metabolism happens. Um, Knowing if you're a slow estrogen metabolizer or not, I am. It, you know, that can make a big difference. So you may actually need to balance out your estrogen more. So things like chaste berry um, that can help naturally raise progesterone levels. Some people use maca um, because again, we don't need to lower the estrogen levels. We need to balance them. And there's this concert because estrogen has to come up for ovulation, then it needs to come down. And then the progesterone needs to come up in the latter half of the cycle for what we, during theoretical implantation. Mm. Um, And so if those waves are not happening, then that's going to be problematic. Um, You have to be cognizant of alcohol. Alcohol can be incredibly inflammatory and really raise estrogen levels or change your estrogen metabolism. So that would be another area. Um, For some people, caffeine can definitely play in. If you're a slow caffeine metabolizer, the same enzymes in your liver that break down estrogen are going to break down caffeine as well. So supporting that um, vitamin D3 is just, it's really, really important as an overall anti-inflammatory. Vitamin C is great for tissue regeneration, that collagen production. And then I would say everyone just needs a really good probiotic on board too, because you want to nourish all those good gut bacteria that are going to supply folate and B12 and riboflavin and biotin, which are going to also help you with your estrogen metabolism or your hormones balance as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, so those were um, supplements that you took and yeah. in general would work for other people who have endometriosis. Yes. And then another one would be your know, curcumin too, because that's mm-hmm. a, just another good anti-inflammatory. And, and again, incorporating something like turmeric into mm-hmm. your food can be mm-hmm. great. And so that's from the supplement perspective, but then we really need to think about the food because the food is so powerful and it's something that you eat every day. And just like you have it on your podcast, I mean, food really is, is medicine and keeping track of foods that are going to be Mm -hmm. pro-inflammation or maybe that you're allergic to, and you may not be, you may have, the allergy may have come about because of leaky gut 
you know, just that, that gut lining that should be really tight and firm has gotten loose over time because of antibiotics or foods that you've eaten. Um, so any, you know, things like collagen and bone broth can be incredibly nourishing as long as you don't have a, a histamine reaction. You know, so that's when people get a lot of itchy eyes and a runny nose from certain foods. Um, gluten, dairy, soy, sugar, uh, peanuts, those are a great place to remove those because a lot of times we're just so inflamed as well. And then making sure we get enough sleep mm. because the sleep is really when we do a lot of rejuvenation and healing. Um, I've personally experimented with intermittent fasting and it's been very, very interesting and powerful as a method to lower um, blood sugar levels in, into a range that is going to promote longevity. Of course, the caveat I have to say on that, if you're on any type of medications that affect your blood sugar on insulin, that's not something you want to undertake without a, a, your doctor's supervision. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also another great way to help your body reset and do some house cleaning as well when it's not so busy trying to digest food and actually can do a lot of repair work. Mm. So what does your diet look like now? What is your, the food intake the daily plan for Erica? <laughs> the daily plan. So breakfast will be kind of contingent on if I'm fasting or not. Mm. Um, and then usually I will have my coffee with collagen in it and a, like a coconut cream, um, creamer that vital proteins has a new one that I'm super excited about that I've been enjoying. Um, so I'll have that with some medium chain triglycerides kind of, that's been a great way. I've just felt for my brain to start the day mm-hmm. and then lunch could be anything from, uh, a wild rice to sweet potatoes. You know, I've, um, just saw a great recipe where you put sweet potatoes into a coconut wrap and then put your veggies in there mm-hmm. and some uh, sliced meats or some smoked salmon. And then that'll be, and then, or a salad. And then dinner is usually something fun that I've had, was able to cook for the family. But the goal is always going to be um, a lot of veggies. And then we'll do some protein-free nights as well, just to give our our bodies a break here and there. Um, So for example, tonight we're having oven roasted butternut squash Mm. with wild rice, um, some apples, green onions, and then um, I'm putting bacon on the top. For, for fun. So. <laughs> Make it is always fun. <laughs> I know, I know. And then um, I made some little um, lavender lemon um, collagen pudding for dinner Ooh. so that are sugar free. There's no sugar in them. So yeah. That sounds amazing. That's like a five star meal right there. <laughs> <laughs> My children are spoiled. (laughs) Well, hey, you know, I think that um, I've talked to Dr. Terry Walls about this, how we we pay for our health either way, right? We pay for it in terms of um, preventing health or in terms of healing ourselves. So if we take care of ourselves and we indulge in all these wonderful foods, then, you know, we're enjoying the process of keeping ourselves healthy. Um, Right. So we should definitely spoil ourselves. <laughs> we, well, and there's a lot of good foods and just great recipes out there that, that we can spoil ourselves with. And, and I, you know, just so that people don't think I'm perfect. Yes, I still love sugar and I do love my chocolate. And that's one of the reasons I've had to figure out some ways that if I 
if I am making those decisions to have some of those foods, mm. then I need to make sure I am protecting myself in other ways. So whether it's fasting or you do the whole 30, you know, to do some kind of um, body clock reset or um, a food reset, I think it's really important to do that as well. Let's talk about that because, you know, I think people struggle with, do I have to be perfect on this plan all the time? And I, you know, life happens, you know, birthday parties, weddings, and you just sometimes want to just enjoy yourself. So how do you manage that? Right. How do you say, okay, I want, I'm going to have some chocolate or indulge on something that I really love, but then how do I, um, you know, uh, balance it out (laughs) and, 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 and negate the effects of what I just did. Right. So, so what, what, how do you manage that? So I think a good thing to think about is how often are you eating that food Mm. and how be, what is the exposure? Because I think we are, our bodies are really well primed to handle um, kind of an ebb and flow. So if we even look at seasonality of, of fruits, right, we don't have mangoes, papayas, and pineapples as really sweet, sugary fruits year round. Um, you know, I do. Right now, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you do. <laughs> but I don't eat them all year round. <laughs> but if I go to my farmer's market, I mm. see apples, oranges, I mean, even persimmons are out of season now. Um, and so it's really there's just isn't fruit Mm. right now. And I think that's a great way to think about birthday parties, um, holidays, enjoy it. It comes Mm. around once a year, um, but protect yourself in such a way. So, you know, you could take some activated charcoal before you go drinking. Um, don't drink to excess. It's just not going to benefit you at, at a certain point, you, you, after you've had your four ounces or six ounces of wine, forget the hard alcohol or the beer, um, you're now going to start causing damage. Mm. And so, and again, you know, you may say, I know that and that's okay. And I'm going to take my glutathione or my NAC, or I'm going to eat a bunch of broccoli and other cruciferous vegetables because the sulfur in there is what our body uses to create glutathione or, you know, initially NAC and I'm going to enjoy it, but you can't do it daily. You can't, it, it cannot be habitual. Mm. And so that's been something that I've tried to instill with the children and with the family, you know, they'll say, Oh, you know, what are we going to have for dessert tonight? And so <laughs> the dessert option usually is 85% chocolate and that we have that in the house all the time. And so if you really want that, that's fine. Mm. But again, because it's not super sweet, tends to be a lot more satisfying yeah. and you'll have a square of it and say, okay, well, that was enough. Mm-hmm. And And sometimes it is a mind over matter thing. Um, I think it's really easy for us to get into the rut of, I deserve it. Mm -hmm. I've worked out. I deserve it. I had a hard day. I deserve it. Mm -hmm. But if we think about how we evolved as our ancestors, we didn't say, well, I hunted really hard today. I deserve (laughs) a beautiful steak meal. Maybe it wasn't Mm. successful. And so then I have to try again the next day. Mm. And for, you know, and so food is there as medicine and as nourishment. Mm -hmm. Um, We've turned it very much into an emotional component. And so I think learning just, just be aware, you know, am I, and it's, it's okay. If you say, I know I am eating this and I really want it and I'm going to enjoy it, but don't eat a pint of ice cream. You Mm -hmm. can measure out a half a cup and say, I can be okay with that. Mm -hmm. 
And then if, but if you are really struggling with some kind of food allergies, you have um, a genetic predisposition, you know, maybe you're lactose intolerant, you're gluten sensitive, just know that when you are going to consume foods that maybe don't support those genes, it's going to set certain pathways up that's just going to maybe make it more, give you more health challenges down the line. These things take long time to develop because our body's so resilient and it really tries hard. So let's try to work with it and try to help it so that it doesn't break down yeah. know, 10 years, 20 years down the road. Yeah. So you don't kind of backtrack on your journey. To exactly. Healing. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. I, so kind of, you know, we talked about can you have a life? And yes, you can have a life, but I think you need to work in tandem with a practitioner who can guide you through, you know, those, those times when you want to indulge, but then how do you protect yourself? Like you said. Exactly. And there's some people, you know, for example, there's the COMT gene, which is how you break down dopamine. And Mm -hmm. so if you break down dopamine slowly, you may not look for things that are going to cause a dopamine rush. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are people who they often, um, if you're looking for dopamine rushes, you'll struggle with addiction more. Um, you might take on more risky behavior because again, you'll get that, that rush. And so I think that's another thing that's really helpful because if you know, you break down dopamine really quickly, then maybe you need to set up some kind of, um, path for yourself, you know, again, work with a health coach, a practitioner, and knowing that information, you've got to have some really tight boundaries for yourself and say, yo, yes, I can have a reward, but only after these criteria are met, but versus someone who doesn't break down their dopamine as quickly, that's, that strategy is not going to work for them as much because they don't care. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, yeah, it's fine. I could take it or leave it, but something, you know, so something else will work for them. So that's where another fun thing with your genetics um, can give you a little bit of insight into your food behavior as well. Yeah. So um, your company helps people interpret their genes and then make decisions um, based on that. And oftentimes they're food decisions, but are there also lifestyle recommendations as well? Yes, there are. So we talk about some sleep recommendations. We talk about exercise, um, even just a mindset because one of the things that was studied for people with gluten sensitivity uh, was just having compassion for yourself and really a lot of empathy actually helped people be much more successful. Mm. And so I think that's something that we kind of talked about earlier is just being able to say, I understand this is the situation and, but I'm going to work with it the best I can. So I can really live the life I want to live because you are in the driver's seat. You're the actor on the stage. Don't let the stage direct you. You direct it. You take control of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the th- that's really what we do with our report is that just to give people these different areas, you know, whether it's diet, whether it's lifestyle, then we provide further testing recommendations. Because again, just because you have the gene doesn't mean it's being expressed and maybe it will never be expressed. Maybe you'll get expressed five years from now, but you can then do some blood tests or some saliva or urine tests, depending on what you're looking at, um, see if the gene's being expressed. And then if so, then we give you some supplement recommendations that you can utilize from there. Mm. Great. So you had mentioned about people who have the COMT gene and how they have to um, minimize dopamine containing foods or high dopamine foods. Can you give us some examples of those types of foods? So it's not even so much as food, so much as it's the, uh, the experience Behaviors. that the behavior that gets elicited mm. from it. I mean, um, a classic one is Facebook and mm. looking for the likes. Okay. All, a lot of that 
all those algorithms and why we always get pulled into let's check Facebook is that we get that dopamine rush. Mm. So for a lot of people, it depends on what the food is, but it, and, and serotonin plays into it as well. But you know, so oftentimes it's um, addictive foods, right? So it's chocolate. Yep. It's, um, <laughs> and for some people it's coffee. Um, alcohol is a big one. Mm. And it's usually foods that elicit a, ah, and it feels very satiating and rewarding, but again, it's transient mm. because you've, you've broken down the dopamine. And so now you're going to go look for something else. Um, so those are the foods that usually you'll see. Broccoli usually does not elicit a dopamine <laughs> I'm rush. Gonna, I'm going to binge on broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow just <laughs> those green and leafies that are just so good for us don't activate that reward system. <laughs> I wish they did sometimes. <laughs> we all do, right? We, would be so, we wouldn't have the same struggles. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think we're pre-programmed. Program uh, <laughs> to like the taste of sweets mm -hmm. a lot more so. Yeah. From an early year. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so interesting um, that the first thing you said was was Facebook rather than foods because I think it's it's such an issue nowadays that it's it's you know a, an addiction. It's defined as right. an addiction now. And um, so, how do you advise people to place limits on that um, on their Facebook time? Uh, so delete it off your phone. That's mm -hmm. a good one because the first thing that we do, and it's really interesting, you get into the elevator, um, you're on hold on the phone. What do you do? You check Facebook. Yeah. It, and so we actually, I think, have moved away from this time where we can sit with silence mm. and just be lost in our own thoughts. We have so many things available on our phone. Um, we can watch Netflix, Amazon Prime, all of these different things that we never let our brain do what it does best, which is just kind of ponder and digest life and it give us a lot of insights. Mm. So um, people talk about technology-free weekends. You yep. shut your phone off at, you know, um, Friday night and you don't turn it on until 6 p.m. the next day. Um, you take just a complete break from Facebook at nine o'clock at night or your phone. So I think uh, you, depending on what your lifestyle is and what you're doing, because it's definitely challenging for us. Our, a lot of the, the, our children's friends text us, you know, for play dates. And so if we say, hey, guess what? We're having a technology-free <laughs> weekend. <laughs> nope, you can't come over. <laughs> um, so, you, so, I mean, when I do that, I do it on a weekend that I know the kids are going to be home. And I usually just do it after a time that um, their, their play dates are not going to be adversely impacted, but it's really liberating. It actually, it feels scary, but it's more liberating because yes. you go, well, I am actually, I can't do anything on my phone or my computer. So I guess I could read a book or I'll mm. do a craft. And it's really, it's a great way to force you back to doing the things that you say you want to do. Because yep. I think we say a lot of things. I think that desire is there. But unfortunately, and you know, I have the same thing when this is right there, um, it's very seductive. And they actually did this great study where they looked at people and their attachment to their phones and their concentration. Mm -hmm. And they had their phones off, but next to them, often in a drawer or just out of the room. Mm -hmm. And their ability to focus and go follow through with their tasks was so much better when the phone was just out of the room. Yep. Because I think it's, again, it's out of the room. I can't do anything. So I might as well really give it my best versus when it was even there off next yeah. to them, 
it somehow just was vibrating something inside of them just enough. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we'll tease out some more fun things with genomics that some of us are, you know, more sensitive um, (laughs) than others, Mm. but it's, it's very, it's very, very powerful. And so to just, just set set aside some time. Yeah. I just recently did a meditation retreat where um, we didn't have our phones and it was so amazing. The, the clarity of thoughts that came through when all I had, all I had to entertain myself was nature. Right. Um, so it was great. And so since then I've, um, when I need to work, I hide my phone in like, <laughs> in my, cl- in my closet. It's <laughs> and, true. Yeah. And, um, and I also made the conscious choice when I'm eating, I'm going to sit down and eat and I'm not going to be checking Facebook, um, unconsciously while I'm eating, I'm going to taste my food and take pleasure and enjoyment in my food. And that's been such a, a game changer as well. It's just so, it's like, it's all those little things. It's like, how did mm-hmm. we, how did we live life 15 years ago, 20 years ago? You know what I mean? We that's should get right. back to that. That's right. We're not taking a, talking a hundred years. We're just talking <laughs> 15. Yes. yes. And, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just um, being present. Mm. I think that's, that's really a yes. challenge in our society now. And there is more information than we can possibly digest in our in a day or in our lifetime and I think just saying you know I know that's the case and there's gonna be plenty of things that I'm gonna miss out on mm-hmm. but we don't need to have FOMO in our life yeah and really just let's enjoy what we have um, because at the end of the day I think it creates this underlying anxiety and worry and those two things are going to raise our cortisol levels. And when our cortisol level goes up, it's going to stress our adrenals. And then if we've got these genes that make us a little bit more sensitive to how much cortisol we secrete or not enough of it, then the body starts worrying and we just kind of get into this little vibrational point that mm-hmm. it's not, we don't feel relaxed. Yeah. Yep. So um, I have two other questions and they're completely unrelated. So yeah. my, you had mentioned you've been kind of playing around with intermittent fasting. Yeah. And so people have wondered, you know, myself included, is it good for everybody? Or, you know, I've heard people talk about your body needs to be at a certain uh, health status before you can safely implement intermittent fasting. Meaning, you know, if you're, if you're eating the standard American diet, that probably might not be the best choice for you right now. But if you've been working towards healing yourself, you're eating a pretty good diet, um, your body can handle uh, intermittent fasting. So what's your take on that? So yes, I definitely agree. And I don't think it's something that you just dive into because it's going to be a quick weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a lot more to it and you want to do it safely. And, you know, again, there's a lot of practitioners that work with intermittent fasting. Um, so if you are pregnant, if you are trying to get pregnant, um, or if you are nursing, definitely that's out of the picture. Um, anytime- you sound like a drug commercial. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> pregnant nursing <laughs> or think might be pregnant <laughs> um sorry so, no no that's just you're absolutely right um also with you know any kind of diseases or conditions um involving blood sugar um 
cancer, chemotherapy, you know, those are just really, while there's some great benefits that have been shown with it, you just don't want to undertake that alone. Unsupervised. Yeah. Unsupervised. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, But I think for a lot of people, I would, you know, if you have been eating the standard American diet, then you'll just stop, stop eating at six. You don't need to eat all the way through the night. Mm -hmm. And I think um, getting out of the idea of you have to eat every three hours, I think that's the other challenge um, that we've really perpetuated in our Mm -hmm. culture. And a lot of people say, but I get shaky. And the reason they get shaky is because your brain doesn't have the glucose but there's lots of glucose in your blood. It's just not getting in there because the cells have become resistant to mm. it. They can't, you know, I can't hear you. <laughs> and so the doors don't open to, mm. to get the glucose in there. Um, so I think that's a really good place to start. And another ways you can use your own glucose monitor too. And you can just check, how do I react um, to foods two mm. hours after? Is my glucose still high? Yes. Well, maybe I, I don't eat eat this next meal that I was thinking about. And um, someone made a great analogy that you, when you, you get gas in your gas tank when it's empty, mm-hmm. but we don't eat when our blood sugar is low and our gas tank is empty. We just eat because, oh, it's been three hours I'm supposed to eat. Or, or we're bored. Or we're bored. Or I think I'm hungry. And again, you know, I mean, our brain is so powerful. It can make us be hungry within two hours or an hour after eating. Um, so I think it's something you definitely want to just be careful about. But the health benefits are just incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think especially, as you said, if you're on that healing journey, um, you've got some, you've got a practitioner that you're working with. And I think it could be a, a very powerful tool for you to utilize mm-hmm. within your, your toolbox. <laughs> you're, um, it's so funny you say that because I've been kind of playing around with intermittent fasting. And you know, my, I used to be of that thought where it's like, I, I wake up, I need to eat breakfast. And, um, you know, I started going to yoga and doing meditation. And sometimes it's like, I wake up and it's two hours and my body used to be like screaming for food. And now it's like, ah, I'm okay. I don't need it. Like, and it's just that conditioning that we've had, you know, but when I sit, when I sat down and really listened to my body, I was like, actually, I don't need it right now. I don't need to eat anything. And I feel good. And I'm not shaky. I feel clear, you know? So I think it's, um, it's so ingrained, but once we kind of challenge those, Mm -hmm those beliefs. Um, it's very interesting what we'll find. Yes, absolutely. And children, by the way, should not fast. Mm. I should, <laughs> I should mention that in there. They have a very different metabolism from, from adults as well. And, and really when you're ch- a child, you're glucose burning and that's what they, they utilize. And that's why they tend to get hungry so quickly. But as we get older, we're supposed to be much more fat burning. And so, you know, we eat a certain amount of carbs. Yes, of course. But then, um, our body should be able to switch over into that. What a lot of people call fat burning mm. mode but you can't get there if you're constantly eating. So that's, that's one of the challenges, but I, you know, I think um, a a really gentle, safe way to start is just ending your dinner at six, you know, five or 6 PM. And then Mm -hmm. you just don't eat. You know, if you're still hungry, you can have a little bit of tea or you can have some warm water with lemon. All of that's great. But then you'll just cut it at that point. And because most people are going to, put on, I I would say pack on the most calories at night and we tend to eat the most at that time. And then we 
you know, we just drag dinner out. We're still mm-hmm. eating popcorn <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, eight, nine, <laughs> ten. Yeah. We feel like it. And it, that sounds good. And we have no willpower mm. at night, you know, yes. and, and my cousin has this great um, line. It's called decision making fatigue. At the end mm. of the day, you yep. are tired of making decisions. So you will take the path of least resistance. Yeah. And so the cool thing about fasting is there is no decision. This is the time I've cut it off. Done. Every other, every answer that comes out of your mouth is no. You don't even have to think about it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> nope. Around nope, food. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Let's clarify. <laughs> Just food. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it makes perfect sense. It really does. Um, it kind of, going back to, I'm like, I'm such like a meditation junkie. Like <laughs> I was just thinking about last year, how I did a 10 year or 10 day meditation retreat. And same thing. It was like, after six o'clock, we had no food. And really the last meal of the day, they only allowed us fruit and tea. And before going in, I was like, Oh, can I do this? Like, can I not have dinner? And I was like, almost kind of freaking out and thinking maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't do this retreat. And it was fine. It was no big deal. Like my body wasn't hungry. And like, I didn't even really need that much fruit. And it was just Again, just all these things that we think about and our limitations are in our head, but really, yeah, we got to challenge those. Well, and I mean, if we look at, you know, I I love telling people like there isn't a stake on every corner (laughs) when we were (laughs) hunter-gatherers. Yeah, yeah. We had to work. Uh, Yes. And, and, you know, sometimes we only got that much of, you know, of, of some berries and, and somehow we survived and we did really well and we thrived and in fact and so I think this the abundance while it's wonderful and there's just so much to be grateful for um we are you know we're creatures of not only habit but opportunity and so if if it's available our body's gonna say well why not take advantage Mm. of it because we don't know when the next famine's coming so we need to stock up for that long winter well long winter doesn't come anymore. <laughs> yes, exactly. In, in our modern society, food is, pl- is plentiful. Very plentiful. Yes. yes. Yep. So it's ironic that now we actually have to consciously uh, restrict it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Consciously fast and, and restrict it. Yes. Agreed. Yes. So as far as uh, genomics, right, um, yeah. there's all these companies out there where you can get um, your saliva tested and figure out, you know, what are your predispositions? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, how do you, how do you know which companies to pick? And then how do you know which companies to help you interpret the, that information? So we, I actually have a bonus for your listeners. And so if you go to toolboxgenomics.com backslash bonus, um, we, I actually created the top five tips on how do you go about selecting a, a genomic testing company and just what are some questions to ask, what are some things to look into. Mm-hmm. And then as far as the interpretation, I mean, I am personally very biased towards <laughs> ours because I, <laughs> I love what we did. Um, so some companies will just you. So let me just backtrack for a second. So right now there's kind of two big companies that do saliva testing to give you the genomic information. So mm-hmm. one of them is 23andMe and the other is Ancestry. Mm-hmm. So people usually go to 23andMe for health um, plus Ancestry, and then people go to Ancestry for Ancestry. ancestry. Yeah, <laughs> self-explanatory. Um, 
but they test for several hundred thousand SNPs, and then you can take those SNPs and you can upload them um, to our program. And yes, there's other companies out there. Um, and it will essentially comb through all of that data and put it into an organized report. So the real reason that we developed Toolbox is because we felt there's a real need for actionable evidence-based recommendations you can start tonight mm -hmm. because a lot of the other reports, they just line up. Well, this is your gene. You're a plus minus, which means you are heterozygous, which means you got a good allele potentially in a bad allele, you know, one from mom, one from dad. Um, maybe you got two good ones or two riskier ones. You know, there's so many different ways to, to, um, discuss that. And I always hesitate to say that, you know, well, if you're, if you have the risk, this is bad versus normal is good because it's not quite so cut and dry. And there's a lot more um, interactions that happen. Um, but we take it really that into that um, actionable step. And then we have the further testing because we really don't want people to say, oh, well, I have this gene and therefore I need all these supplements and off I go because you may not need to do that. And maybe you just need to start with food and really cleaning up your diet and getting other um, nutrients into your food as well. Mm -hmm. So that's, that is what we're doing. That's our, our report. And we're super excited because we're actually rolling out our own testing um, kit. So if you've Ooh. never been sequenced before, you can come to us and then we're going to have a couple different options. We're going to have a, one just on nutrition. We have one on exercise. We're going to have our, um, our smattering, not our smattering, but like our, our smorgasbord um, where it's going to be a little bit of everything. Uh, and then we'll be rolling out a women's health one in a next couple of months as well. And then we're going to have a health practitioner version as well. Mm. So that's going to really get a lot deeper into some of these different conditions for practitioners. But, you know, if you are interested or you're a health coach, um, our wellness pro product is going to be rolling out in the next month or so. We're really excited and super proud of it. And just lots of great recommendations where we've really taken it beyond um, just something that you could just pop off, pull off the internet, but really tying it into your genes and just having a better understanding that, you know, for example, maybe you have genes that are going to predispose you to staying up late. Mm -hmm. You know, we have that. So then what are some things that you can do to combat that or, or being a morning person? How do you capitalize on that, especially around working out and using that to your advantage? Yeah. And, you know, I know you personally, Erica. So, and um, I know I've seen the reports um, that your company provides. And what I love is, you know, one, pharmacists uh, are really good at breaking down complex topics into easy to understand um, usable bits for people. Yes. And, and I've, I've seen that you, you do, you've done it in this podcast where like you took genomics and made it really user-friendly for people. And so that's what you did for the reports and they're very exactly. actionable, right? Like right. someone who doesn't have a, you know, a doctorate in nutrition or doesn't have a background as a functional medicine practitioner can take the report and just say, okay, this is how I implement, um, you know, the food changes. It's just very yes. user-friendly. Like I love that. I've seen other reports of other companies where I'm just like, so there's conflicting information. I don't really know how to uh, like apply this or like, how do I, what do I do with this information? Like the reports are just kind of just all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's how we felt too. And we have recipes now. We put oh. recipes in there, you know, again, to kind of drive home. Well, we've made these food recommendations, but how do you implement it? Because mm -hmm. that's the other piece of it. 
And so we partnered with um, twins who are chefs and they actually healed their Hashimoto's, which is an mm. autoimmune condition around thyroid. And um, they've just been great success and they just create the most delicious recipes. So they're fabulous. And so you can look for those in your report as well. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, oh, I'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> because that's what people struggle with. It's like, what do I do? I mean, what do I eat and how do I make it taste good? Right. Right. <laughs> so yes. this, you're kind of solving those two problems. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's all about being actionable. I mean, you, who can't go online and order some food tonight? Mm -hmm. You know, you could, there's Amazon fresh, there's whole foods. Mm -hmm. You could place those orders. You can get it potentially tonight or tomorrow morning and immediately get started. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Erica, this has been a amazing. Like I just had so much fun. <laughs> we laughed so much and I learned a lot from you. So, you know, thank you so much for your time. And, um, you never really shared. Okay. How do people find out more about you? So it's oh, you're to... right. <laughs> Important details. <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, where do they go for more information to get the reports, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you go toolboxgenomics.com. So mm -hmm. make sure you either have your 23andMe or Ancestry, mm -hmm. and then you will just create an account and upload your information. And Anne has been gracious enough to extend a, a discount um, with us. And we're super excited uh, for all your podcast listeners. So you'll save 10% on your report and it's $49 mm -hmm. um, full price. And so it'll be 10% off of that. And then don't forget to sign up for the bonus. So that's going to be at toolboxgenomics.com backslash bonus. And I believe Anne will put it in the show notes, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so then that's also, and don't forget to sign up for our mailing list because that's where we're going to have all the information when we roll out our own testing as well. And stay tuned. We've got a lot of great plans for this year and just a lot of fun products too, that I'm super excited about rolling out. Yeah. So the, the bonus, just to clarify, Erica was talking about is tips for choosing the right, um, gen uh, genomics testing company for Com you. Correct. Yes. Because there's a lot of controversy that comes out and there's been some interesting newspaper articles about a couple companies and what they did. And so just addressing that, like what are some things that you need to look at? Um, what are things that the FDA looks at? Mm. Um, what are, you know, what are lawyers? look at. So just, just so you're a more informed consumer and can make a better decision. Yes. Yes. I think that's important. Um, <laughs> pharmacists are very detail oriented. So, uh, you know, like we, we look at everything. So I, yes. you know, I think people don't think about, okay, you know, if I submit my saliva to this company, what, what happens to that data? Who owns it, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's important. Um, and so the links to the, the, the discount will be in the show notes. Um, so make sure you go to the show notes to find that. Um, Erica, it's been amazing. And um, I always love chatting with you uh, online and offline. So um, I know. We could talk for hours. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I know you have to go. So I so appreciate your time and um, sharing your knowledge with our listeners. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed the show and a quick thank you to our sponsor, Health IQ. If you've ever wondered what will happen to my family if I'm not around, then I highly recommend you to check out their website at healthiq.com slash food, F-O-O-D, to see if you qualify for a lower rate on your life insurance and make sure your loved ones are cared for in the event that something happens to you. It only takes a few minutes, so check them out at healthiq.com slash food. 
All the links and resources mentioned today are in the show notes at dranne.com, and Anne is spelled A-N-H as in healthy. While you're there, remember to jump on the Food as Medicine VIP email list, and you'll get my free gift, The Clean Eating Rules. It's everything I learned about nutrition when I was on my bodybuilding journey, and it's my number one guide for how to eat to lose weight, improve your biometrics, and get more energy. You'll also get my favorite pearls from the show, and this show can be a bit technical and detail-oriented at times when the guests share their specific protocols with foods to eat and avoid, as well as which supplements to incorporate, what dosages, etc., And if you're anything like me, you're probably multitasking and listening to this while driving, cooking, or doing errands around the house, and you really can't be jotting down notes of all the great information that's shared in this episode. So I've taken the notes for you, and by hopping on my email list, you'll get the show pearls delivered right to your inbox, so you can refer back to them at any time. Finally, as a VIP email subscriber, you'll get the occasional love letters from me, which are emails sharing some of my favorite recipes and products, upcoming events, new information I've learned, and other goodies. So go to drann.com now and enter your name and email address. Did you like this episode? Then remember to subscribe to the show using whatever app you listen to the podcast on. Every time an episode is released, it will be automatically downloaded to your smartphone and will be there for you to listen to. And this means you don't have to manually search for the show to see if a new episode has been released. And it also means that if there's any problems with the iTunes store updating, which happens occasionally, then the iTunes store won't... um, It will take 24 hours to publish an episode. And so if you're waiting to see if there's an episode and you're searching for it, you won't see it, even though it's been available and out for 24 hours. So it's just one touch of a button and on any podcast app that you listen to and you won't miss an episode. So remember to subscribe to the show. We've got plenty of great guests coming up, so stay tuned. Thanks so much for stopping by. And until next time, remember to eat consciously because the world needs a healthy and vibrant you.